0: i'm just playing around I, I felt like there was a freestyle vibe here like i felt like i was gonna go in go in but i decided not to i decided to chill but i want y'all to hear this 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 beat like this production shout out to ryan man yo malgriff entertainment this beat is so ill every time i listen to it like i hear different that little tambourine that little synthesizer Yeah, all just so tight um but anyhow, sorry, I digress. Shout out to Malgriff Entertainment. Shout out to the beat. Yo, my man Ryan, you know, really, really laced me with, with a folder full of tracks I could use on the podcast. And, you know, each season I changed up the tune that sits behind the track. And so, you know, I'm I'm really appreciative of Ryan for uh for helping me do that. But anyhow, uh, thank you so much for tuning in once again uh to the idea of manhood podcast. This is your boy, uh, Five Mics, a uh, husband, father, uh, educator, a uh, writer, and an MC. The microphone gives me wings. Now, listen, uh, this episode today is, um, you know, I came into it. Knowing that it was going to be a little bit heavier, a little bit more, like a more reality based. And I come to you always as authentic as I can. But this one, I have to be a little bit vulnerable because I'm going to share things about my job, um, about me within my job. This is very important. I'm not just talking about my job or people at work or, you know, different situations. I'm talking about me within my job and some of my faults and some of my successes and um and 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 where I currently am, both mentally, physically, wherever, emotionally, in my job space. And um it's it's a challenging predicament that I'm in. And you know i i i don't tread lightly because i think treading lightly is whack um but i am i i'm not choosing my words wisely wisely i'm just talking i'm just talking so you know a lot of times people you know people that are in the public eye. not saying that i'm this big public figure but a lot of times people put their foot their feet or a foot in their mouth because they're speaking in a place that's like right now in this very moment and not thinking about necessarily the past not necessarily thinking about the future not necessarily fact-checking things here or there um, especially when you're speaking something that's really emotional so for me I say tread lightly because you know I want to make sure that I'm authentic to myself, authentic in this situation. But there's also some things that I'm going to share that are a little bit personal and and that could could shine a a counter narrative of what you might have in your mind of me. And uh, as someone that podcasts, someone that puts themselves out there in this space, you know, it's a little vulnerable. Now, me, I don't care about that, but y'all do. You know, people do like, oh, Mike, why you say that? Why you put yourself out there? I don't like it. that's whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all gonna die one day. I know some of you might think like, what the hell does that to have to do anything? But, um, but for real, like, it, it is what it is. Like everything. It is, literally, it is what it is. So there's nothing to hide. There's no embarrassment. It's no shame for me. Um, but I do recognize that it's a vulnerable position. So I say all that to say that I'm having a tough time at work. I don't know why, because I love my job. That's crazy, right? Like, I really, for the first time, not even the first time, I've loved my job as many times. But I've been in my current job coming up on four years, and i have a tendency after two years to be like i'm out you know and i've had the opportunity to be out in this space and and to go somewhere else and i've chosen not to because i really enjoy the work that i do uh i'm a i'm a without going into titles i don't want to put anything or anybody any agency whatever out there but i work for district government and i work in a space Um, that provides uh, in an organization that provides college and career readiness uh, programs and resources to residents in Washington DC right so um, that's the space that I work in I work in an agency that um, uh, I work in an agency that that provides funding uh, primarily to schools and to, you know, public schools and to charter schools uh, and organizations, but also provide certain levels of programming, right? So I just want to give you a scene of the type of work that I do. Now, I went to graduate school for college student personnel administration. So I went to graduate school and undergrad to, to work with students within the higher education realm. And so I started off working on college campuses, you know, I've had many jobs working on many campuses, assisting and working with many students. This position is the first time where I've worked at the state level, the government level, quote unquote, with the feds, not even the feds, the states. Um, And so, uh, you know, there's some policy involved, there's some programming involved, there's some, you know, partnership and engagement Um, work involved, there's advocacy involved, and, uh, there's a lot of different levels of the education landscape involved. And I really am thankful because I've had the opportunity to work now and pretty much outside of federal, every area of education from secondary, you know, K through, you know, elementary, secondary, post-secondary, and now in the nonprofit space, I worked in that space and uh, now at the federal or the state level. And so um I'm just painting a picture so that you can know how I got to where I am. And, you know, I've had jobs all throughout where I was working predominantly with students, whether it was mostly college students, you know, different jobs I worked in an advising role or a mentorship role, or a programmatic role, creating programs For college students uh, within the student affairs or the academic affairs realm. So helping students be better students, whether in the classroom or within their student life on campus. That's been my world. And so I brought that work here to, uh, you know, in cities all around the world, there's not really as much of an issue anymore on gaining access to college. It's really how do you provide students with the tools to succeed in college? A lot of students can get in, but a lot of students are not graduating. And so I brought my skill set or, you know, the idea was that I was going to bring my skill set working on college campuses, understanding some of the challenges and the uh, the, 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 um, the terrain, the, the, the awkward campus terrain that university students experience and helping students through those things and seeing exactly that moment when students drop out or decide to drop out and bringing some of that expertise to this current organization that I'm in. Um, and I think if I had to start at the end, like where we are now and go back, I think I can say right now that um, some of the leadership, my direct leadership leadership, doesn't give a fuck um doesn't care anything about what i've done um my the the leadership that's around me most directly um uh, i'm 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 hesitating because i want to make sure that i i I don't want to blame shift i don't want to point fingers i'm really trying to intern internalize what i think the issue is and make it like my issue and then we'll figure out if it's really mine or if it's something else but the agency that i work for doesn't value what i'm bringing to the table and so to 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 take that onto my own maybe what i'm bringing to the table isn't aligned with where and what the agency thinks it should be doing i don't necessarily agree with that but i want to you know i want to give balance in terms of what is my issue and what is the agency's issue i don't know right we're talking it through um so you know it's this is really challenging so i'm coming to this organization with 15 plus years of experience in this field i'm coming with 15 plus years of experience working on a college campus and or directly with organizations that work with students on college campuses um the major concern that we are trying to address as a division is college retention i'm the only one on our team that has worked on a college campus in leadership i'm not just talking about an academic advisor no shades academic advisors but i'm talking about you know i've been a dean of students like uh, associate dean of students i've you know i've had to make a decision whether or not to kick someone out of school i've had to meet students at the hospital when they are planning on committing suicide to tell them, like, hey, I know you're sick and all, but you can't come back on campus. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been in those moments where it is, you know, literally life or death for students. And I've taken a lot of those experiences and 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 drawn and and made a series of of I don't know of inferences based on that experience, right? experience i think is like crucial super valuable to a state agency i i i would think right i would think that information is super valuable um the reality is i don't think the people that i work for think i'm valuable do you understand how much that hurts my heart like do you understand not at my heart not even my heart fuck my heart how that doesn't compute in my brain i genuinely think that the people and i'm saying people because on a certain level i think some of it is personal i don't like doing that whole victim thing i don't like doing that whole you know they out to get me, they hating on me, I don't like to do that, oh, she thinks she's better than me, or they got a vendetta, and they, I don't, I don't do that, I don't operate like that, and so, because I don't operate like that, I'm not gonna welcome that energy, or really entertain that, Um, so, if I say something like that during this podcast, just know that that's not really what I think, that's just the emotion talking, Um, but for whatever reason, And we can hypothesize later. For whatever reason, my skill set is not valued. Um, And that's a tough pill to swallow, B. That's a really tough pill to swallow because, you know, um, I think I'm super valuable. I think what I have to give, especially on the team that I'm on, is very unique um now why is it not valuable well on some level and this is just is me being introspective and just like not like trying to keep some of the feeling out of it and just speak facts right we're a state agency we deal with a lot of funds we deal with grants we deal with uh resources you know not necessarily the the programmatic landscape and going out and talking to students whatever can we do that should we do that that's not my decision apparently right but some people within the agency within the leadership structure that's directly around me feel that that's not our that's not our goal like our goal isn't to talk to kids our goal isn't to go and talk to parents our goal is to provide the money and the resources for schools to do that now uh, some of you might say yeah of course that makes sense well in D.C. and in many cities throughout the country, those school officials are overwhelmed with so many other things that they are looking for help. They're looking for people to come out and talk to the students or to talk to parents or to go to community meetings or what have you. Um, Now, I... I, Okay, So, so, so chew on that for a second right for whatever reason my skill set isn't valued how do i know i'm sure somebody asking is asking themselves right how do you know mike how do you know your skill set isn't valued? well um without going into my personal you know my personal you know performance review no, i fucking go into it i'm not gonna tell you exactly but i'm gonna t- on my last performance review in my job i was rated i was surprised By a poor evaluation. In certain aspects of my... Of my job. No, I'm not crying. I'm just something on my throat. (laughs) Uh, I'm drinking Hennessy. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm drinking... um, What is this? This is whiskey. Hey! Um, In certain aspects of my performance review, I was rated very, very low. Like, I've never in my i've been working since 2001 i've never ever received a poor evaluation never ever right um just to keep it in context so everybody knows that this you know that this was indeed a surprise to me anybody's ever managed people if you, if you had a staff if you work with people like Management 101, Leadership 101, Supervi- Supervision 101 tells you that you never surprise someone on the evaluation tool. You do not use an evaluation tool or a performance measurement to uh, as a tool to change behavior or as a tool to, uh, you know, to adjust your staff. You don't use that. That should be an indicator, like, of something that they've known all along through intentional conversations, through interactions, through, like, hey, you know, Mike, uh, ideally what would happen, right, is that, hey, Mike, you know, all throughout the year, you know, we meet once a month, we meet once a week and say, hey, you know, I really don't like, I think you should change your focus on this to this, and then maybe, you know, adjust this, and then we tried it all year and it didn't work, and Mike, you tried and you failed, and so I'm going to have to evaluate you you shouldn't be surprised because we've been talking about it all year uh and this was going to happen at the end of the year uh that's not what happened to me um you hear the salt coming out of my voice i'm trying to keep it not salty i'm trying to keep it real basic i'm trying to keep it real baked chicken right now uh saltless baked chicken um what happened to me was i had been getting rave reviews my midterm evaluation was all stellar it was amazing. All, you know, threes and fours. Like, oh, you're doing amazing. You're doing great. Mike, oh, keep it up. ba da ba boom Something happened along the way. Something happened along the way. Uh, and hop out the Porsche at the end of the year review, and I'm getting poorly evaluated. And I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to react. I, I I, was like, what, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I took it personal, I took it professional, I took it every witch way. And I really didn't even know until this day, I still don't really know what to do with that information because a lot of it was bogus. Like a lot of it just didn't have, was just not true. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm not gonna put it all my manager, like for whatever reason, we weren't connected the way we should have been, right? Uh, they didn't know what I was doing all the time and I didn't do maybe I didn't do a good job informing them of the different processes that I was going through and as a result maybe to them it looked as if uh, it looked as if I wasn't doing certain things or that certain things didn't really happen because I'm not one even though y'all think I boast and brag I'm this and that, that that's not me I do what I gotta do and I just let it be done. And people know that if they're interacting with me in a professional environment, that X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Now I've established myself in DC in the DC education landscape. It's kind of like, you know, like people know me, like people know, Oh, you need this. Go to Mike, you know, boom. I don't know if my manager knows that about me or knows that people feel that way about me or understand like what I do to get people in a room or you know if i if anybody else on our staff holds a working group meeting it's four people there if mike does it it's 15 people there that's a big value add in this education landscape in dc where there's a hundred organizations doing the same fucking thing anyhow uh the salt is coming out i'm trying to keep the salt at bay So for whatever reason, communication was not aligned between me and my manager. And I was rated very poorly. After that poor rating, you know, I crammed my brain. I was like, yo, something, it's got to be personal. Is it like, there's no, it's got to be personal. So you go along the lines of what kind of personal could it be? Am I too tall? Am I? Are my fingers too wide? Is my skin too brown? Is my skin too brown for you to evaluate me effectively, without throwing in all kinds of other stuff? Now that that's kind of victim. That's using the the, the race card, the black card, the Cuban card, Trinidad card, whatever, and. I didn't want to do that, but like my brain could not process what the hell else it could have been, right? And so um, I struggle with that, man. And so here we are now. This is a few months after my my poor performance evaluation, my performance review. Uh, I'm here, I think, in this space, since I've been in this space, especially for the last two years, that I'm doing some of my best work ever in my career. I feel as if I'm doing some of the best work in my entire career right now. I feel like I'm moving on all cylinders. I feel that even though I might not be the most, like, uh, what you call it, the most, uh, I can't even say structure because I have a good structure. I can't say that I'm the most like linear organize, organized person, but in terms of things falling through the cracks, it's been a couple things here and there. Sure. It has been. Been some things I've I forgot to call this person. Yeah, I did. I did. Um You know, so I, I'm not saying that I'm a hundred percent, you know, in the innocent here. There're definitely some things that I could have done better, um, and that I can do better. But can not we all, right? And does that value? Does that deem? Does that lead to? Should that lead to a poor evaluation that could be, you know, that could impact your your professional career? This is gonna be in my record, y'all. So, mind you, now in the past when I've had to evaluate someone poorly, um, there were times throughout the year where I would, you know authenticate, where I would write down, there would be some sort of uh, memorandum between me and the staff person, uh, uh, you know, detailing a educa- or an employment improvement plan, right? There would be some sort of like, hey, I met with John, you know, John and I had a conversation over the past two weeks. Uh, I informed John that he should do X, Y, and Z more. John agreed, and we worked on it, and you know, over the next three months, we're going to check in regularly and you've been warned, John, you know what I'm saying? There was nothing like that for me to this day, even with the poor evaluation for me, any feedback I've ever received about anything that I've done has been positive. So I'm, I'm now I'm confused. What, 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 help me understand, help me help you. Right. Uh, so here we are face to face. A couple of silver spoons you know so what do we do what do i do in this space what do you do in this space when you're at work and you don't feel valued where you don't feel you know you don't feel like you belong where you feel like you're doing your best work and it's not appreciated it's not accepted it's not um it's not or, or, or it's compared to someone else's shitty work. Like, the part that got me to talking about this, or what, you know, I was thinking about talking about it all day, and then I saw a quote online. And the quote said something about having well dressed mediocrity. Well dressed mediocrity. And how, in this current landscape that we're in, that's winning. Being polished and saying nothing is winning right now. That is America right now. Now, I asked a question online, is it better to be well-dressed mediocrity or poor poorly dressed excellence? You know what I'm saying? I feel as if I am delivering and giving excellence in my job. Now, it might not look it might not look like I don't speak that language. I don't I'm not a yes man. I don't so it, my excellence like might not look like Sally's ex Sally's mediocrity. Sally's mediocrity might be equated to Mike's excellence because Sally Speaks so softly she's so agreeable and she's like yeah sure yeah we should definitely we should be thinking partners and we should totally brainstorm about and like we should really come up with the time to implement new strategies uh so sally's mediocrity is so amazingly packaged And my excellence is like, yo, here it is, B. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm, of course, I'm exaggerating for effect. But, like, I do what I do. Like, it's just here. Boom. This this is it. It's good. Like, don't worry. Everything is right here. You know, don't, everything you're looking for is right here. I'm sorry when I get mad and start, my New York accent just slips out. You heard that. Like, everything you want is right here. Um... But yeah, so you know what I'm saying? It, it just made me think that well dressed mediocrity is winning right now, B. That well dressed mediocrity is running the country it's leading press conferences, it's flying airplanes, it's selling movie tickets, it's selling music. If you don't think that what's online right now that you're listening to, that you're streaming, that 85% of it is well-dressed mediocrity, you are BSing your whole life. And those of us that are putting forward, that are critically thinking, that are working and establishing partnerships and doing all these amazing things and not really telling anybody about it and just doing. <clears throat> I'm not crying and terms in my throat. <laughs> uh, those of us that are just doing and not like packaging it up, you might not throw on a tie every day. You might just come and like, yo, you know, you might go to the meeting like, listen, this is what I was thinking, you know, just in plain language. You know, if we have students in this group that's not getting these services, then what are we going to do with this group? You know, and someone else might come in like um, we have to utilize uh, different streams of data and analyze uh, the data um, because the data informs policy and as policy makers, and I'm like yo I talked to these three students and their families and in their church and they're like they need this so I gave it to them you know what I'm saying so it's this you know what I'm saying so um that's the conundrum I'm in so moving on to the next step do I stay in this position I feel as if I'm really needed what do you do if you're needed but not valued at your job men what do you do if you're needed but not valued in your job so a lot of these questions that i'm bringing up these are things that women have probably been dealing with not probably have been dealing with all their lives and i think that men have been dealing with it too especially in the field of humanities in the field of the arts where there's no like right or wrong where there's not a lot of white and black it's kind of all gray it's kind of based somewhat on feelings somewhat on psychology somewhat on sociology how people interact how communities evolve and so when there's not a lot of black and white you know a lot of times when you're in this workspace you know it's subjective or subjective Subject. Subjective. It's subjective. It's really based on the people that's around you. And I'm going to tell you the people that are directly in my leadership circle don't fuck with me. And I don't know. I don't know how to like, do I just push through and be like, shit, I don't fuck with you either. Let's go. Let's keep moving. But it's not about you. You got eight degrees. Oh, really? You have one. I have two. Uh, you have your degree. Uh, you have your your little policy experience and what have you. Uh, but it's not about you. I'm gonna work with these kids that that need to apply to college and get in and stay. Um, you know what I'm saying? So that is the conundrum that I'm in. And you know, outside of the ego stuff, outside of my ego being non-existent right now um you know i feel like I, I i don't remember if i said this on this podcast or talking to someone like well, when you become a father especially when you have multiple kids if you have a wife or a spouse around uh your ego is non-existent from the jump no one gives a fuck about you no one gives a fuck about me at home and it's good like that's fine and no one gives a fuck about me at work so someone i'm prepared for that because in so many different ways i'm non-existent and so it's consistent at home, you know, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm being dramatic for effect, but I'm really not because, you know, at home, it's the kids and the wife. If they're good, I'm good. At work, it's the same thing. It's like I'm my angle, my perspective, my I'm not needed. I think I'm needed at home though. Don't get it twisted. I'm needed at home. They need me up in here. Please believe. We need each other. Let's be real. I need my wife. She needs me. Whenever anything's out of whack, whenever one of us is not around or not here, shit is, shit is crazy. So uh, it's not the same in that way. But, um, you know, at work, it's tough to not be needed because I went to school. I studied for this. I, 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 I uh, you know, I've been working in this arena all my life. I'm forty, b. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm forty. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not making this up. I'm not like thinking about this. You know? Then like, hmm, I think this might be. No, I've seen it. I've lived it. I've experienced it. I've helped students and families through it. I've worked with universities, presidents, to help manage some of these issues at the campus level. Um, And so, fellas, ladies, gentlemen, everybody, that's where I am right now. And I ask you, you know, is it better to have well-dressed mediocrity or poorly-dressed excellence? That's where I am. I feel like I am providing poorly-dressed excellence, and my value, I am not... um, I am not, I I can't even think of the word. I am not valuable, but saying I'm not valuable is passive. I want it to be on the other side of that. I am not providing value in this current leadership space, in this current space. I'm not providing that value. So do I change what I do and dress up some mediocrity to provide value to a system that's only going to acknowledge mediocrity coming from certain people I digress or do I uh, shove my way in doing what I know is right in the way that I think is right um so that's where I am that's what I've been thinking about thank you for listening this has been really helpful for me I mean, I hope it allows all of you just to think about something, you know, to think about um, to think about where you are, your job, to think about where you are, your household, you know, to think about, um, you know, what you could do differently in your workspace to provide value to your employer. Um, ultimately, if you are not deemed valuable, does that matter? If you know, and if you believe, and if you're confident that the work you're doing is valuable, even if it is not recognized as valuable, what do you do? Do you stick it out and take that ego hit? Or do you be like, I'm out, yo. I'm going to go somewhere else and get validated. This really is about validation. Like last week's episode, it's about validation. If you're not getting valid- validized, wow. If you're not getting validated, then what? what is it? If you're not getting that fist bump from somebody at work, like, yo, you're doing a good job. Do you have what it takes internally to, to be like, I know what I, I I know. I don't need your validation, B. I don't need it. I don't need whatever it is. Continue to rate me poorly. I know what I'm doing on these streets is working. Anyhow, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this has been the Idea Manhood, uh, the Idea Manhood podcast. This is season two, episode 23 um and i will holler at y'all later peace yo check out the idea of go on itunes search for the idea of manhood rate it you know all that rate it um comment share it let people know what's good over here i'll holler at y'all later peace